The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, here we are on a Tuesday. Another Tuesday dominated with talk, dominated with distractions, might I say, from some of the important issues. The focus on white racists, which is half appropriate. The the focus on other racists and other hate groups, largely ignored by the basket of biased press. That is not appropriate. Glad you made it to the Salcedo Show today, everybody. Let me get you the particulars, shall we? 888-933-93. That's 888-900-3393. The phone number to get in touch with us here at The Blaze. If you want to get in touch on social media, there's an easy way to do that, too. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. Over on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. Listening to the show live, and well, not only this show, but all the other programming that goes on here at the Blaze Radio Network, go to theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeart Radio app. And uh, what else am I missing here? Did I get it all? No, I, I missed one. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher for on-demand listening, maybe two. And then you go to theblaze.com, and you click on the channel section, and that's where you see... All of our private pages for Doc Thompson, for me, for Buck. I mean, they're, they're all sitting right there. Make sure you follow us and you'll get the the hot tidbits from every single show. Hopefully we get a couple of those today on the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll start off, as we always do, with the flip around. And what is what is the cause du jour over at CNN? Another way to bash the Trump administration. Let's have a listen. I mean, he, this is a ongoing conversation that he needs to be very clear that, that he, you know, he does not represent them and he does not represent their interests and he does not want their support. And I think that is going to have to be a continuing dialogue from this president. And, you know, I think folks like Steve Bannon, uh, who represent that lightning rod in the White House, he's going to have to take a serious consideration on that. I mean, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, Steve Bannon has been part of the campaign and has been part of the White House. Uh, you know, we didn't need something like Charlottesville to, to bring attention to that. What about Solomon? I was listening to our air and there was the, the vice mayor of Charlottesville who was on, uh, African-American man who was referring to President Trump as 45. And uh, he, he just, he was explaining, he just cannot call him, I'm paraphrasing, but he cannot call him his president. And I've talked to, listen, there are people in this country, obviously, who say, this is not my president. But is that helpful, Solomon? I don't know that that is helpful, but I think that that's the reality. I think that there... Yes, yes, the same people who criticized me for, after four years of Barack Obama, using the proper honorific, once I, I determined that... Uh, he wasn't uh, interested in being a president of the United States. Uh, wanted to define it instead of undertaking the role that we define as citizens. That's when we started calling him residents, Obama. And these same people who criticized me on this program for that 
uh, are now the ones calling Donald Trump 45. And this, this idea that Donald Trump needs to continue to make this conversation, and I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist, it's patently absurd. And by the way, I've seen nothing produced in evidence that indicates to me that Steve Bannon is a racist. Only left-wing propaganda and no proof whatsoever. Uh, Let's get over to Fox. People have criticized us uh, and the Obama administration for not coming out more forcefully and saying it. Now, if if President Obama would beat his chest and say the Russians are trying to get Mr. Trump elected, I don't think that would have went over well in many areas because he is the head of the Democratic Party. Just for some context here, what's not clear from our reporting is how widely circulated these intelligence reports were and whether they actually kind of percolated to the top and really got up to a policy level where the warnings were discussed in a really concrete way, Shep. Catherine Herridge, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Uh, The report is that in 2014, President Obama knew that the Russians were trying to influence elections. President Obama didn't talk about it. Uh, because he didn't confront the Russians. And we all know why. Because President Obama, there was, there was no nation on the planet that he would stand up to if they were attacking America. Because he, uh, if, if it was Iran against America, Obama was siding with Iran. If it was Cuba against America, Obama was siding with Cuba. This was the man we had inside of the Oval Office. A man who didn't believe in standing up for the United States. And I, I don't think I'm talking out of school here. I think that's, that's pretty much his M.O. throughout his entire occupation of the Oval Office. Is that Barack Obama believed there was nothing that America did right other than him. Twice. God help us all. Uh, over to MSNBS. Usual. And individuals have been named and shamed. A lot of those protesters, uh, their photos captured, and then the internet really went to work. We spoke with one of them, a University of Nevada, Reno student who traveled across the country. His name's Peter Svetanovich, and he was actually called out. And then individuals on Twitter asking for his expulsion from the university. And this was his response to being named and shamed on Twitter. I understand the photo is very bad looking, but I don't believe that you should threaten my family. To me, that's monstrous. Uh, you can call me a Nazi, you can hate my ideology, but I wouldn't threaten anyone. Now, the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, has responded with their own statement. Uh, they are not commenting on the student specifically, but they are saying that they do not stand with any sort of bigotry or hate that came out of the rally over the weekend. Uh, also, this is prompting some celebrities to get in on this uh, action here. Uh, actress Jennifer Lawrence making a pretty big stand using her 16.5 million Facebook followers. Uh, she put out this statement with these photos yesterday. You can see that right on your screen. She says, these are the faces of hate. Look closely and post anyone you find. You can't hide with the Internet, you pathetic cowards. And as- Wow. Okay, well, uh, I noticed that Jennifer Lawrence didn't, didn't post any of the Antifa pictures from those, those anti-Semitic hate-filled folks. I noticed that Jennifer Lawrence and, and, and those on the left wing weren't naming and shaming the the socialist, the socialists, the 
the leftists who were there to pick a fight. Why is that? I wonder. Uh, can, can you guys give me an explanation as to why Jennifer Lawrence or those who are being named? And by the way, I think naming and shaming is fine. Call out the Nazis all you want. If, uh, if you were an employer and found out you had a Nazi working for you, would you keep him on? I wouldn't. There's nothing, there's nothing out there that says, I've got to employ a Nazi. Nothing out there that says I've got to employ an anti-American leftist either. A Jew-hating leftist. We can't confirm this, folks, but we have asked uh, Jim Acosta, the great reporter over at CNN, Jim Acosta, to confirm this for us. There is widely circulating pamphlets, or I'm sorry, leaflets, uh, flyers, if you will, that were allegedly being passed out among the Antifa crowd, the violent left-wing extremists. You know, the same ones who burned down Ferguson, the same ones who burned down Baltimore, the same ones who are Occupy Wall Street. We've been, we've been telling you about their radicalized terror campaign on college campuses for months now. They handed out a flyer, and again, we cannot confirm this is a legitimate Antifa flyer. It may have well been created by somebody wishing to besmirch the good name of Antifa. But, you know, we have challenged the good folks over at CNN to do some actual reporting and confirm that these flyers were the ones being passed out in Charlottesville. At the top, it says, the white racist and their Hebe masters. I didn't know what Hebe was. I had to look it up. It's in reference to a Jewish publication. So maybe Hebe has something to do with, with, with Jews. Uh, and we have chronicled on this program that there are uh, people like Alan Dershowitz, lifelong Democrats who have decried the vehement, growing anti-Semitic strain inside the Democrat Party. Hey, when you've got Keith Ellison, who was a Jew hater and a racist, who is the number two guy at the DNC, it sends a strong message, doesn't it? So anyway, we've, um, we are suggesting that this may be true, although we cannot confirm it. And there are some left-wingers who showed up on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page saying that focusing on the left-wing hate is a diversion. I'm sorry, what? Focusing in on the left-wing hate is a diversion. You should only focus in on the white supremacists' hate because that dovetails with our agenda. Well, no, we'll, we will focus on all hate and bigotry. Thank you kindly. Same way the president did. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. And he was right. And then... Because of the backlash from the leftists in the press and out of the press, he amended his statement. We played it for you yesterday to include only the hate-filled groups that were white supremacists. The Nazis, the white supremacists, the, you know, those, those folks, KKK. He didn't, con- he didn't include, although he did say in the same statement, and others, he should have named Black Lives Matter. He should have named the Black Panthers. He should have named La Raza. But according to Marie Harf, a former Obamaite, 
that left-wing hate is less of a threat than right-wing hate. Call out these KKK-affiliated groups and not do this false moral equivalence with, with the left or even some very extremist you know, elements on the left. There is no equivalence, and that needs to be made clear. It's not clear because it's not true. And by the way, I even misspoke just a second ago because there's nothing right-wing about white, about white racism. Nothing. There is nothing conservative about the Nazis. As a matter of fact, the Nazis were left-wingers, socialists. <clears throat> Not to put too fine a point on it. The neo-Nazis, the same way. White supremacists, same way. There's nothing conservative about them. Conservatism is colorblind. But there is something left-wing about Antifa because of their stated political goals they do what they do to advance left-wing extremism government control over the people i'll be back in a minute keep up with the chris salcedo show on facebook and on twitter at chris salcedo tx just another way to stay in touch with chris on the blaze radio network Salcedo Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let me get more into some of these discussions. Before I even get into, into what the president said yesterday, and, and maybe he's probably regretting it. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he even tweeted out about this. It's these people who made up a big deal about his first statement. Uh, not naming the white racism by name. These people weren't going to support him anyway. They were the never Trumpers or agendized leftists. No matter what he does, they were going. They were going to find something wrong with it, the way they always do. But I see. Yesterday we we told you about Priorities USA Simone Sanders showing off her intolerance for. Uh, the white man, Ken Cuccinelli, by interrupting him. And then when he said, shut up, quit interrupting me, she went off. You don't, you don't tell me to shut up. I'm privileged. I tell you to shut up. I interrupt you. Well, it happened again on the same network uh, the, where the interviewer lost control of the interview. This time it was on Cuomo's show. And he had a panel of, of black folks who were on. And one of them was a Republican who happened to be a, a black man. And the other one was a liberal extremist, Paris Denard and Keith Boykin. They faced off uh, on CNN and... Of course, the liberal black person who is delusional to think that being black means you must be a, a progressive anti-American liberal nutcase said that the 
the black man who was a Republican couldn't be a real black man, called in to question his blackness. This is how it went. But the reality is that President Trump has not done enough, and I'm ashamed that you as an African-American Paris will not say that. Well, Keith, I don't need you to try to pull my black card. I am well aware of my blackness and don't need you to try to classify me as being one. I understand what racism is. Keith, don't go there. Do not go there. Are you? Because to be a good black, Keith Boykin thought, you must criticize Republicans. And you must hate Donald Trump. You must be a progressive liberal, an anti-American progressive liberal who believes in undermining the rule of law who believes in no borders, who believes in government control over the people's lives. That's who you must be to be a good black person, a real black person. Now, I take this very seriously because I, your liberty-loving Latino, have had this happen to him. Those who are loudmouth leftist Latinos try to claim that I'm not Hispanic enough because I'm a conservative. They said to be a real Hispanic, you must be liberal. You must be a Democrat if you're real. And they are the arbiters, these progressives. It's, it's sick. It's insulting. As if you don't have the brain power. To think for yourself. They're going to think for you. That is what progressives do. Isn't it? I know what it means to be a black man in this country. I know and I experience racism on a, on a regular basis by being a Trump supporter and by being a proud American who happens to be a Republican. I get so that racist makes, com- so that's the racism Keith, you experience by being a Trump I get supporter? Racist, I get that's racist comments about my family, about my mother, about my girlfriend, about my character. Every single day from were, a mostly coming from black people, murdered. Keith. You know, Keith Boykin is being somewhat of a racist. Saying that, well, you're not, again, by making the allegation that you're not a real black person unless you're a left winger, unless you're a left wing extremist, it's kind of racist, isn't it? As if a thought process and a set of values is dependent on your skin color. There was somebody who was far greater than Keith Boykin who said that people should be evaluated on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And Keith Boykin ought to go back and study that. If you really want to get down to it, I'm from my family's from Georgia. Keith, let me finish. My family's from Georgia. We have members of our family that went missing because of the KKK taking them up. So don't come to me and tell me about what it means to be a black person in this country. I fought every day in the George W. Bush White House. Yes, Keith, let me finish. No, no, no. I won't calm down because I will not be attacked by you about my blackness because I happen to be a Republican and I listen to our yeah, going off the rails. You know, one gets a sense that Keith Boykin realized he was caught and trying to say, oh, you're not really black because you supported Donald Trump as president. You know, uh, was it Diamond and Silk might have a couple of things to say to, to Keith Boykin, I would imagine. Uh, there's more of this on the other side of the break, folks. Oh, I'd pay to see that. 
Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Get back to this Paris Denard and Keith Boykin uh, soundbite from CNN. It, get, it gets worse, folks. It gets far worse. And don't forget, this is all in the context of a conversation the day before between Obama's Priorities USA, Simone D. Sanders, who also ran the Bernie Sanders campaign. And she was told to shut up by Ken Cuccinelli because she was interrupting him. That's the punchline. I'll get to that here in a minute, but I want to remind you guys, you know, I'm a huge allergy sufferer. My kids got this from me. My wife doesn't suffer from allergies, but my kids were lucky enough to get it from me. Go figure, right? So we have to change our HVAC filters. Otherwise, we, we all start feeling pretty crummy, me and my kids. Problem is, I always forget. I mean, you're supposed to change them every two to three months, right? I always forget, but I found a service that's helping me out now. It's called FilterBuy.com. I can set it and forget it with FilterBuy.com's automatic delivery system. I never have to worry about remembering because the filter shows up right to my front doorstep. And if you sign up for auto delivery, they're going to give you a discount. Uh, With FilterBuy.com, heading out to the big box stores, it is a thing of the past. No looking for the magic number on messy store shelves. No reading reviews online trying to figure out the difference between a Merv or an NPR. At FilterBuy.com, they show you the exact filter for your house's needs. And then ships, however many you need or however many little you need within 24 hours. By the way, shipping is free. Oh, and you business owners out there, I'm talking to you right now. You will love FilterBuy.com. You know, you guys have to change many filters out uh, when you guys do it every two or three months. And, well, with FilterBuy.com, you don't have to waste all that storage space storing up filters. They can just arrive on a day. You swap out the old ones, throw them in the trash, put in the new ones, and voila, you're done. And you can use that storage space for something else. When was the last time you changed your filters, folks? As I said, every two or three months, you're supposed to do it. So go to filterby.com. Get any size, no matter how weird it looks, no matter how outdated it seems. At the best price, you can get it at filterby.com and ship to you for free within 24 hours. It's a no-brainer. Go to filterby.com. These guys know what they're doing. It's a great service. I don't do anything anymore <laughs> on in box stores. I do all my stuff online. When I found these guys, I found Nirvana. Nice. Okay, uh, back to CNN and this this out of control interview. Now, I think Paris Denard is is rightfully ticked off, being a GOP or being a uh, maybe he's a conservative. Uh, being told that you don't have a right to your heritage if you're not a liberal extremist. To which, you know, when somebody somebody tells me that, I say, screw you. You have no idea. You have no idea who I am. And my heritage is not contingent on believing in your crazy left wing political ideals. And, and 
and Paris Denard is ticked, and he has every right to be. I the am going on off the rails here. There's no ground and no respect to attack somebody you're like this. You're obviously you very like sensitive me. and defensive about Keith, this issue, you better Paris, watch because your you have your own issues Paris. and demons to resolve. Get your guests under control. Keith just do me a favor. Just please, please come Get him under control, because I would not come on the show and be disrespected and have my offense. You can disrespect African-Americans every day when you come on the show. Hang on, hang on, hang on, please, please, And you don't represent them at all. You don't represent That's Brick Baldwin the background trying to get control of her show back person of the guys spokesperson guys i'm not their spokesperson i have to be a black person who agrees with this president and i'm proud that he stood up there and said what he said denouncing the clan denouncing david Booth like he did in march and denouncing after he was forced to do it it took him he wasn't forced to do it he was not forced to do it take that conversation have it have it have it off camera i really would like to have a substantive conversation about yeah well he better watch how he talks about me too. I understand. And let's Paris, shut up, sex. please. For- whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Paris, shut up. Oh, I get how that works. When you are a Republican or a conservative and you come on CNN and you're told to shut up, that's a okay. Now, let's see. Now, remember, Chris Cuomo came down on Ken Cuccinelli yesterday saying, don't tell Simone to shut up on this program. We don't, we don't silence Simone on this program. Remember that? Chris Cuomo said that. Let's see if Brick Baldwin tells uh, Keith Boykin, hey, don't say shut up on CNN to that Republican. God's sake, why okay, are you so doing when, this? So, when, when, so you're going to let him call me to step, tell me to shut up? No, oh, Ken Cuccinelli, that the Simone quiet. Sanders day was a meltdown. Don't tell me to shut up on the show. This is preposterous, and you know Guys, it. Guys, please respect... <laughs> no, I'm not, but she did. She let him go. <laughs> so we see how it works over there at CNN. Uh, Republican and uh, conservative get called over to CNN. You could, you could be told to shut up all day long, but don't you dare tell a left winger to shut up and stop interrupting you or else they'll... Chris Cuomo will take you to the woodshed because you don't tell left-wingers to shut up, man. They have a right to speak. You don't. Which brings me to another point. There is now a growing movement. And it's been building and building and building and building. With... The happenings in Charlottesville, yesterday in Durham, some vandals uh, retreating, I guess, back to their, their Nazi roots, these liberals. They tore down, they toppled a Confederate soldier statue in Durham. And they celebrated. Now, don't forget, the Nazis were socialists. They were fascists. And these rioters who tore down this Confederate statue in Durham, vandalizing, it's against the law, by the way. Anybody arrested? Last I heard, no. They vandalized this Confederate statue in a return to their fascist roots, the modern-day equivalents of book burning. These historical markers which are to mark the war dead of Americans 
do not forget that we call the Civil War our deadliest war because when a soldier died on either side, it was an American. Now, I don't expect any of these clueless, unintelligent, Neanderthal left-wingers to know that not every Union soldier was for freeing slaves. And not every Confederate soldier was fighting for slavery. Those of you who know history will recall there were a myriad differences between the North and the South, notably in their economies, that led just as much to the Civil War and disagreement over whose economies took precedence, over who could trade with whom. That was just as much a part of the Civil War as was slavery. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that slavery was not part of it. It was. But I will also not lie to you and say slavery was the exclusive reason for the Civil War being fought. It wasn't. Now, I don't expect, I don't expect these knuckle-draggers in Durham to know that, but you should. And understand my position on ripping down historical monuments. It is tantamount to book burning. When the Nazis had history that they didn't want known by their people, they had big bonfires and they burned books. This is the equivalent. Left-wingers who are seizing on people's ignorance of what the Civil War was all about to advance their political agenda. And tearing down statues, what is that going to solve? Well, nothing. Nothing at all. There is a white supremacist who wants to speak on the campus of Texas A&M, and so far he's been denied. I support his ability to speak. I also support my ability to call him an ignorant douchebag when I hear what he has to say. I also support the majority of my countrymen calling him a clueless moron for what he has to say. There is a a saying I want you all to remember and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it goes something like this. It is best to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and confirm it. I think it was Mark Twain who said that. I want these white supremacists to open up their mouth and confirm it for us. I mean, there's so many left-wing Democrats out there who claim falsely that there's racism out there. This person disagrees with my left-wing policy, so you must be a racist. There's so much fake claims of racism. Maxine Waters is is a pro at this. That we have an opportunity to see a real-life racist. Tell our children, you see that? 
That's ignorance incarnate right there, right there. Listen to the hate and vehemence in their voice. Because you see, as a conservative, I'm secure enough in my beliefs to be able to look at the ignorance of Antifa, the knuckle-draggers of Antifa and these extremist leftists, and the ignorance of the knuckle-draggers in the white supremacist movement and say, what a bunch of morons. And I believe the majority of my countrymen are able to do the same. But you see, I have faith in our people. Others do not. Also, there's a cautionary tale here, and I'll get to it on the other side of the break. The extremists are running things right now. Antifa and their allies in the press, white supremacists, who seem to be getting more and more recruits every day because all they see are Antifa's agenda, their left-wing extremist agenda being advanced by the majority of the press. And then the cancerous, venomous white supremacists go to our youth and say, hey man, you're not going to get a fair shake. You're not going to get a fair... Look at that. Look at CNN taking their side. Saying that you're the problem. You're a white. So your, your opinion means less. And the people go, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There, there's two sides of this coin. As much as you folks want are going to hear that Charlottesville was all about white supremacists. That's the lie. There was another side. The extremist left-wingers. They both need to be called to account. By us. Be right back. Conservative Talk Radio. With Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show. Only. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The inability or the reluctance of the press to report on the other side of the equation as far as violence is concerned, the anti-fascists that are really fascists, but they claim to be anti-fascists, the left-wing extremists who seek government control over your life, the advancement of the liberal agenda tells me everything I need to know that this is all an effort to tie Donald Trump to these undesired groups like the KKK or the white supremacists on the unconfirmed belief that Steve Bannon is a racist. And I will say this again. I have seen no proof that Steve Bannon is a racist. If I do see it, I will come in this program and I will tell you, I have seen definitive proof that Steve Bannon, hell, I invited him on. He won't come on. But if I had the opportunity to interview him, I'd ask him, are you a white supremacist? Are you a racist? But I have seen no indication that he is. But the press is laying down the predicate that he is. 
and thus he must go. So the press can, on purely on conjecture and innuendo, make up a story, ruin somebody's life and reputation, and then as a mechanism to exert pressure on the president of the United States, who, by the way, is about ready to come out and talk about infrastructure. If, it's, if we're on at the time, we'll take him live. Uh, I just... I, I, I am very uncomfortable about where we are going in this country. The extremists are setting the agenda. We, now, we know why we're seeing the, the rise of these white supremacist groups. It's, and I believe it's largely due to the injustices of the last administration. You want to weigh in on um, anything, call me on the Chris Alcedo Show here on the program. 888 on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll try to get some talking about North Korea next hour with Herb London coming up with The Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. President of the United States speaking right now. Let's get out to him speaking on infrastructure at Trump Tower. So I want to thank everybody for being here. God bless you. God bless the United States. And uh, if you have any questions, we have, uh, Mick, you could come up here, please. Come on up. Mick Mulvaney. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to ask. Why do you think CEOs are leaving your manufacturing council? Because they're not taking their job seriously as it pertains to this country. We want jobs, manufacturing in this country. If you look at some of those people that you're talking about, they're outside of the country. They're having uh, a lot of their product made outside. If you look at Merck as an example, take a look where, excuse me, excuse me, take a look at where their product is made. It's made outside of our country. We want products made in the country. Now, I have to tell you, some of the folks that will leave, they're leaving out of embarrassment because they make their products outside. And I've been lecturing them, including the gentleman that you're referring to, about you have to bring it back to this country. You can't do it necessarily in Ireland and all of these other places. You have to bring this work back to this country. That's what I want. I want manufacturing to be back into the United States so that American workers can benefit. I didn't wait long. I didn't wait long. I didn't wait long. I wanted to make sure, unlike most politicians, that what I said was correct. Not make a quick statement. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement. But you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. It takes a little while to get the facts. You still don't know the facts. And it's a very, very 
important process to me, and it's a very important statement. So I don't want to go quickly and just make a statement for the sake of making a political statement. I want to know the facts. If you go back to my, in fact, I brought it. I brought it. I brought it. As I said on, remember this, Saturday, we condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. And then I went on from there. Now, here's the thing as to, excuse me, excuse me. Take it nice and easy. Here's the thing. When I make a statement, I like to be correct. I want the facts. This event just happened. In fact, a lot of the event didn't even happen yet as we were speaking. This event just happened. Before I make a statement, I need the facts. So I don't want to rush into a statement. So making the statement when I made it was excellent. In fact, the young woman who I hear is a fantastic young woman and it was on NBC, her mother wrote me and said through, I guess, Twitter, social media, the nicest things. And I very much appreciated that. I hear she was a fine, really actually an incredible young woman. But her mother on Twitter thanked me for what I said. And honestly, if the press were not fake and if it was honest, the press would have said what I said was very nice. But unlike you and unlike, excuse me, unlike you and unlike the media, before I make a statement, I like to know the facts. Whoa, whoa, they don't, they don't, they don't. Here's Andrew Wright with a question. How about a couple of infrastructure? Was that terrorism? Say it, what? Not at all. I've created over a million jobs since I'm president. The country is booming. The stock market is setting records. We have the highest employment numbers we've ever had in the history of our country. We're doing record business. We have the highest levels of enthusiasm. So the head of Walmart, who I know, who's a very nice guy, was making a political statement. I mean, I do it the same way, and you know why? Because I want to make sure, when I make a statement, that the statement is correct. And there was no way, there was no way of making a correct statement that early. I had to see the facts, unlike a lot of reporters, unlike a lot of reporters, I didn't know David Duke was there. I wanted to see the facts and the facts as they started coming out were very well stated. In fact, everybody said his statement was beautiful. If he would have made it sooner, that would have been good. I couldn't have made it sooner because I didn't know all of the facts. Frankly, people still don't know all of the facts. It was very important, excuse me, excuse me. It was very important to me to get the facts out and correctly. Because if I would have made a fast statement, and the first statement was made without knowing much other than what we were seeing. The second statement was made after, with knowledge, with great knowledge. There's still things, excuse me, there's still things that people don't know. I want to make a statement with knowledge. I wanted to know the facts. Okay. You, you know, I wish he would at least say, you know, you guys haven't reported on Antifa. Did you not know they were there? Well, I think the driver of the car is a disgrace to himself, his family, and this country. And that is, you can call it terrorism. You can call it murder. You can call it whatever you want. 
I would just call it as the fastest one to come up with a good verdict. That's what I'd call it. Because there is a question, is it murder, is it terrorism? And then you get into legal semantics. The driver of the car is a murderer. And what he did was a horrible, horrible, inexcusable thing. Can you tell us how you're feeling about your chief strategist, Mr. Bannon? Can you Go talk ahead. about that? I, I would echo Maggie's question. Uh, Steve Bannon is I never spoke to Mr. Bannon about it. Tell us broadly what your do you have still have confidence? Well, in we'll see. And look, look. I like Mr. Bannon. He's a friend of mine. But Mr. Bannon came on very late. You know that. I went through 17 senators, governors, and I won all the primaries. Mr. Bannon came on very much later than that, uh, and I like him. He's a good man. Uh, he is not a racist. I can tell you that. He's a good person. He actually gets a very unfair press in that regard. But we'll see what happens with Mr. Bannon. But he's a good person, and I think the press treats him, frankly, very unfairly. Do you have confidence that the has called on you to defend your national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, against the attacks? I did it the last time. You know, where the hell were these people? He's already made statements about H.R. McMaster, who I'm not sold on, by the way. But Donald Trump has already made has already made statements about his confidence in H.R. McMaster. These people are just either they're not listening or they're trying to set a narrative, folks. Behind these attacks, and he linked that same group to those who perpetrated the attack in Charlottesville. Well, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm sure Senator McCain must know what he's talking about. Uh, but when you say the alt right, uh, define alt right to me. You define it. Go ahead. Well, I'm saying, no, define it for me. Come on, let's go. Define Senator it. McCain them as the same group. Okay, what about the alt-left that came charging him? Excuse me. What about the alt-left that came charging at the, as you say, the alt-right? Do they have any semblance of guilt? This is oh, very nice. What about the fact that came charging, that they came charging with clubs in their hands, swinging clubs? Very nice. Do they nice. have any problem? I think they do. Sorry, so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was a horrible, horrible day. Wait a minute. I'm not finished. I'm not finished, fake news. That was a horrible day. <laughs> that was a costa. I, I will tell you something. I watched those very closely, much more closely than you people watched it. And you have, uh, you, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was... Donald Trump has no respect for these people. Jim Acosta and the other... And, and you know what? They don't deserve respect. Charging in without a permit, and they were very, very violent. Do you think that what you call the alt-left is the same as neo-Nazis? Those people, all of those people, excuse me, I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all of those people were neo-Nazis, believe me. Not all of those people were white supremacists. You know, and, and, and here's the left trying to say, oh, Antifa's not as bad as white supremacists. The left-wing hate, like Marie Harf said, left-wing hate isn't as bad as right-wing hate or white supremacist hate. Call out these KKK-affiliated groups and not do this false moral equivalence with, with the left or even some very extremist you know, elements on the left. There is no equivalence, and that needs to be made clear wonder, is it George Washington next week, and is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? But they were there to protest, excuse me, you take a look the night before, 
They were there to protest the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. Infrastructure question. Go ahead. Should statues of Robert E. Lee stay up? I would say that's up to a local town, community, or the federal government, depending on where it is located. Are you against the Confederacy? Oh, shut up. in America. And do you think things have gotten worse or better since you took office? I think they've gotten better or the same. I look, they've been frayed for a long time. And you can ask President Obama about that because he'd make speeches about it. But I believe that the fact that I brought in, it will be soon, millions of jobs. You see where companies are moving back into our country. None of them want to talk about infrastructure. They all want to talk about, they all want to beat up on the president over their, to keep their, their narrative going, their press narrative. And just announced, we have many companies, I say pouring back into the country. I think that's going to have a huge positive impact on race relations. You know why? It's jobs. What people want now, they want jobs. They want great jobs with good pay. And when they have that, you watch how race relations will be. And I'll tell you, we're spending a lot of money on the inner cities. We're going to fix, we're fixing the inner cities. We're doing far more than anybody's done with respect to the inner cities. It's a priority for me. And it's very important. Are you putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane? I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. Yes. Yes, they are. They are the same. These left-wing racists, these left-wing Jew-hating individuals, same as the white supremacists. They are the same hate-filled, violent extremists. They are the same. I'll be right back. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino, so naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, Donald Trump just ran to the press conference, but he's still talking. Hold on a minute. Over a million, substantially more than a million. And you see just the other day, the car companies coming in with Fox, you know, Fox. I think if we continue to create jobs at levels that I'm, I'm creating jobs, I think that's going to have a tremendous impact, positive impact on race relations. And, and, what, and what you said today, how do you think that will impact the racial? Because the people are going to be working, they're going to be making a lot of money, much more money than I ever thought but possible. I mean, your remarks so that's today. going to happen. And the other thing, very important, I believe wages will start going up. They haven't gone up for a long time. I believe wages now, because the economy is doing so well with respect to employment and unemployment, I believe wages will start to go up. I think that'll have a tremendously positive impact on race relations. All right, now he's done. Okay, uh, folks, the president said there were two sides violent in Charlottesville. And he is 100% correct. And you could hear during, that was so eye-opening that the left-wing biased press in their eagerness 
to defend the hate of Antifa. And I'll, I'll redirect you. And folks, I've just been informed that we may have someone who was at this uh, riot in Charlottesville, who was on hand, who may be able to confirm or deny the authenticity of that flyer that we put up on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. As if, as to if Antifa was passing out this, and by the way, Hebe, I think is short for Hebrew, I was told. The white racist and their Hebe masters must be purged from the face of the earth, said this anti- alleged Antifa flyer. Did Jim Acosta report on it? Did Jim Acosta debunk it? Now, there are two flyers that are pictured inside of this, inside of this picture. I look forward to trying to track this down, seeing if this was the case. We all know about the anti-Semitic strain inside of Democrat politics. Alan Dershowitz, a Democrat and a Jew, has decried this. We saw this with Obama's uh, perceived and I believe real hatred for the state of Israel. And everybody down the chain got the message on the extremist left wing. So I can tell you that all of those folks who are white supremacists are ignorant are deserve to be decried, deserve to be uh, denigrated for their for their beliefs, but they deserve the right to articulate them, as do these left wing extremists. Because every single time, and and they are the same, they are just. You know, I had somebody email me today saying, "I'm more worried about white supremacists than I am about radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists," because. White supremacists have killed more Americans than radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists. And I said, well, that's very interesting. You know, these are worldwide movements. I said, you know, communism and socialism has killed more people than radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism and white racism combined. Shouldn't we now commit to going to eradicating communism and socialism? No response back. No response back. And make no mistake, Antifa is a bunch of communists and a bunch of fascists. Remember, the Nazis were socialists. People of the left. And listen to how, if this, if this flyer is legitimate, and we can confirm, and we're going to try, and we can confirm that this was indeed being passed out by the Antifa hate group out there confronting the white supremacist hate group, uh, it will be very telling. But I got to tell you, these, um, these two groups are jonesing for a fight. They really are. And America is going to be caught in the middle. And I think it's time that we, the sane people, and I'm not just talking 
conservatives. I'm not just talking Republicans or independents, but Democrats too. Liberals are irredeemable. Liberals are taking the side of Antifa. But Democrats, the ones who don't believe in out-of-control taxation and complete government control, Democrats who don't believe in open borders, Democrats who believe in working for a wage, a fair wage, not one that's arbitrarily set by the government. Those people too. There's got to be a meeting of the mind somewhere because right now, these two extremes, the white supremacists, the KKK, and these left-wing extremists, they're setting the agenda. And we can't allow them to do that anymore, in my humble opinion. All right, coming up next, we'll try to focus on some international concerns. Uh, the crazy fat kid, according to, to John McCain, uh, Kim Jong-un, backed off yesterday. This may not be the end of the issue, though, folks. We'll talk about it with Herb London. Coming up next, the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Really quickly, folks, breaking news. Trump doubles down, both sides violent in Charlottesville. It wasn't just Trump who said that. The police chief in Charlottesville said that. Ugh, big headline coming across from Fox News. you got to be kidding me. You know, by the way, this time slot, the Chris Salcedo Show, how much of this stuff breaking have we been able to bring you throughout the course of the program? Uh since we've been doing this since Trump got into office. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing that you guys are some of the first in the nation to get this information without having been processed through the basket of biased press and seen on the news. Although I think it would be a great case study to listen to it in its organic form here on the Chris Salcedo Show and then see how it's presented at ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN. It'll be quite different than what you heard, I guarantee you. Let me bring on our guest, folks. Herb London, president of the London Center for Policy Research. He's responsible for creating the Gallatin School of Individualized Study in 1972. It was in its dean until 1992. Uh, Herb London is a graduate of Columbia University, the recipient of a Ph.D. from New York University. Dr. London appeared in every major newspaper and journal in our nation. He's also an author and a playwright. Mr. London, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. It's a pleasure as always. Well, a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much, Chris. Let's divert our attention away from what I am classifying as more of a distraction here with these, these fringe groups going at it uh, in Charlottesville. Let's talk about some, some rather existential matters, like North Korea, for example. Now, they have since backed off from their threats to attack Guam. Uh, w- can we credit Trump's change in tone from Clinton, from Bush, from Obama, uh, to uh, maybe 
convincing the Chinese and convincing the North Koreans that maybe America was serious for a change? I don't think there's any question that the Trump attitude is so different from his predecessors. It's also true that he doesn't have the luxury of kicking the can down the road because there isn't any road any longer. Once the North Koreans demonstrated that they had the capability of reading, reaching the shores of the United States with their ICBM, there is no doubt that the intelligence community made it clear we can no longer simply abide our time and simply wait and see what happens. Trump, I think, has conducted himself appropriately, even though he's been excoriated for saying, oh, this is an extreme behavior, fire and fury. I mean, what kind of language is that? But again, that message was not designed for Americans. It was designed for Kim Jong-un. It was designed for the Iranians. It was designed for those nations that have nuclear weapons and would act irresponsibly. Trump is saying, look, very, very quickly, we can eliminate North Korea from the face of the earth. And we're prepared to do that. So get that message. And apparently, Kim Jong-un did get that message. Again, what happens now, of course, remains to be seen. They're not going to give up their nuclear weapons voluntarily. Will there be some sort of cessation on the development of nuclear weapons? Perhaps. Will there be some protocols associated with the way in which those weapons are, are stored through some sort of C3 analysis, command, control, and communication? Perhaps. I mean, again, there are a lot of imponderables here. But there is no doubt that the way in which Trump has conducted himself is very different from his predecessors. Yeah, another audience for the president may have been the People's Republic of China, as they have. Well, first off, let's 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 give Trump his due that it wasn't Clinton. It wasn't Bush. It wasn't Obama who got a 15 to nothing vote in the United Nations Security Council to condemn and put massive sanctions on North Korea. That was the Trump administration. And I think that was. uh, Sorry. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that speaks to your point, uh, Mr. London, the fact that uh, that there's no there's no other road left to kick the can down. And I think a lot of these people in the Security Council realize that, number one. But now you've got China actually cutting back on North Korean imports. I mean, could they finally be on board? Well, again, it's very difficult to know. The Chinese have a metaphorical beast in the cage. When their hegemonic role in the Pacific is challenged, they can always pull this beast out of the cage, namely North Korea. And so it plays a role for them. We have to convince the Chinese that this advantage that they have with a North Korean alliance is less significant than the disadvantages we can impose on them. And we can impose many disadvantages. One that I've talked to you about before is, of course, talking to the Japanese about lifting the ban on, on, on nuclear weapons, Article 9 in the Japanese Constitution. If they were to do that, I assure you, the Chinese would be alarmed thinking about a Japan armed with nuclear weapons, changing the correlation of forces in the Pacific. And there is also no doubt that almost all of the, uh, the contacts that North Korea has in the commercial world is with dollar-denominated funds. Dollars, we control dollars. We control those funds in the Asian banks. We can do an awful lot to freeze everything that happens in North Korea. And then, of course, the Chinese do control 90% of all the trade, the food and fuel that goes into North Korea. If the Chinese decided tomorrow, we're cutting off North Korea, we're turning off the spigot, I can assure you that's the end of North Korea. How do you fire missiles without electricity? No, it's, it's a great point. And 
I think your broader point about not knowing what China's going to do because they have a habit of saying they're on board and they'll do a couple of they'll throw a couple of carrots, but then they kind of taper off and do their own thing. If they stick to this and and really try to rein in North Korea, and it's up to the administration to keep the pressure up, in my view, and I'll and I'll ask you if you feel the same, but it's up to the administration to keep up the pressure so that China drives this point all the way home, which is the dismantling of North Korea's nuclear infrastructure and their nuclear program and their missile program. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we have an obligation in the United States to pursue the, uh, the kind of guidelines established by Trump. Trump made it clear we are not going to tolerate a situation in which, in which North Korea can challenge American interests abroad. I mean, people overlook the fact we've got 28,000 American troops in South Korea as a tripwire. We've got 12,000 in Guam naval officers. We got 50,000 troops in Japan and, and Okinawa. I mean, it, it's not as if the United States isn't present in this area. And then, of course, we have our allies that we have to worry about as well, the Japanese and the South Koreans, among others. And so there is no doubt that the United States has clear interests in the region. Now the question is, will Trump continue to press on the Chinese and make it perfectly clear we cannot tolerate the existing situation? Herb London, our guest right now, president of the London Center for Policy Research, uh, let's pivot. You mentioned Iran there for a minute, and there has not been much focus on the Iranians, and I think that's kind of dangerous, even though the Trump administration is being asked to evaluate whether they're keeping in the spirit of the deal, and Trump says no, they're not keeping in the spirit of the failed, uh, idiotic Iranian nuke deal that Obama put together. But there have been a couple of near misses with some Iranian drones in our fighter craft. Uh, give us your read on this situation in the world. Well, look, the, the Iranians understand full well that what happens in North Korea is going to happen to them. And that the messages that Trump is delivering to the North Koreans are messages he could clearly deliver to the Iranians as well. The 159-page document that's part of the deal that Obama consummated with the Iranians is in some sense ridiculous because it virtually guarantees the Iranians with nuclear weapons. If they cheat, maybe they have the weapons now or in a year. If they do nothing, they will have those weapons in 10 years. So there's no doubt about the guarantee of nuclear weapons. What we have to be able to say is, uh-uh, I'm sorry, this document was never approved by the Iranian government. And in a sense, wasn't approved by our Senate either because it wasn't considered a treaty. Right. So it seems to me that what we ought to say is, look, we are prepared to renegotiate. We're prepared to sit down with you and start talking about this in serious terms. The 159-page document is written in the subjunctive tense. That means that if you read it carefully, it says these are things that can happen. These are things that might happen. But these aren't things that must happen. Well, it seems to me that we be, should be talking about the things that must happen in Iran. And again, not, it's not simply tough talk. The United States can do an awful lot to impose our will on the Iranians. Now, we've given them a free ride, even with Trump largely because we wanted to defeat ISIS. And the Ara Iranian troops have been fighting with the Iraqi troops and American special forces. Those days are over. We've yeah. defeated ISIS in Mosul and in, uh, in, in various areas that, in Raqqa. And so the Central Command has, has been defeated. Now, of course, they've metastasized, and there's still a problem with ISIS, but very different from the problem in the past. As a consequence, we don't need the Iranians as an ally. Now the question is, what do we do to oppose the Iranians? And it's time, I think, for the Trump administration to say very seriously what they've been saying to the North Koreans. We are going to engage in a very different set of conditions with the Iranian government.
No, I think it's I think it's about time as well. And you bring up a great point about ISIS. Isn't it amazing when you get a, an administration who is committed to winning uh, from the front lines to observers on the ground in the countries affected, even in Syria, even in, in Iraq, that the the message is the same now that the Trump administration is here and now that they're playing to win. All of a sudden, ISIS is enjoying nothing but defeat after defeat after defeat. And it does turn out that 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 Obama was the problem. Well, Obama was unquestionably the problem. I look, American foreign policy for the eight years under Obama was a policy of retreat, a policy of withdrawal. The United States was not going to play any role in international affairs, largely because Obama believed that the arc of history was moving in our direction. And it was not necessary for us to do anything because ultimately the nations of the world would come together in a kind of kumbaya moment. And all of us would agree that the outliers, those nations that are acting inappropriately, would have to be penalized. I mean, it's a kind of naive, almost adolescent view of foreign policy and American history. Yeah. A uh, last thing. Uh, just want you to, to pivot a little bit back here to, to home turf. What you see happening in Charlottesville, uh, in the state in which I broadcast, there's threatening now to taking down Confederate monuments in the city of Dallas and all over the country. Uh, I look at this as the, the extremists, the, the white supremacists and other uh, uh, hateful white supreme, supremacist groups, uh, KKK and the, and the like, rising up to do battle with these extremist leftist groups, the, the anti-Semitic, the, uh, uh, the, the socialists in our midst. These, these two groups appear to want to go at it, and, and, we're, and, and the rest of America seems to be caught in the middle. What do you think? Well, I think that you're right. You know, but the, the problem that I have with all of this is that these wingbats do not represent me. Neither side represents me. And I keep looking, reading these newspapers, the, the so-called mainstream newspapers, and they make it clear that you're either on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. I don't agree with the white supremacists, and I certainly don't agree with Black Lives Matter. I don't fall into either of those categories, and I don't think most Americans do either. And yet you would get the impression on listening to the mainstream media that you, you, you've got to be in one of these two camps. Well, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And what the, the fourth estate is doing so irresponsibly is creating this kind of havoc in America by suggesting that the wingbats who represent point zero 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 one of the population represent the entire population. It is, is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Herb London, everybody, president of London Center for Policy Research. Sir, it is always a pleasure to visit with you. Thanks for being here. Chris, always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. All the best. Back in a minute, folks. Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, folks, before we leave, I, I started out, I have every intention of getting to this, and because of the breaking news, we didn't get a chance to, but uh, as we end the program today, listen to this. This is Molly Hemingway and Steve Hayes, uh, someone who's willing to give Trump a fair chance and someone who is a, a never-Trumper. You decide which one is which. Hold on a second. I guess it'd help if I turned this up 
a little bit. Hold on one second. Uh, right there. It's like we're living in an alternate reality here. People are taking, they're not listening to what Donald Trump actually said on Saturday, and they're not, they're not reading the actual full comments that he gave, where he was explicitly denouncing bigotry and violence, where he called on people to come together. And the fact is that there actually is a violence problem on both the left and the right. In recent years, Americans have seen violent protests in everywhere from Portland, Berkeley, Ferguson, Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Paul, Brooklyn. She keeps on going, by the way. These are these are all left wing rampaging cities where they set fire, beat people up, committed violence because they lost an election or for whatever grievance they have invented. Baltimore, all throughout the country, people have experienced these violent protests. There was an assassination attempt against Republicans by a totally mainstream progressive leftist activist. And there is a problem on all sides and people need to come together to denounce all of those things. Yes, and Trump did. And Trump did. But it wasn't good enough for some folks. And not tar the entire Democratic Party as being part of the leftist violence and not tar the entire Republican Party as being part of the rightist violence. Steve, quickly, we're going to... Yeah, look, look I, well, I, I agree with you that some people are living in an alternate reality. I just don't think it's us. The, the problem is, if, if you look at what the president said, he didn't single out those specific groups. You, what you read to Mo was what he said today. The fact that he didn't do it for two days speaks volumes. And the fact that he, he condemned generic racism and bigotry... What's wrong with condemning racism and bigotry? Isn't racism and bigotry in any of its forms wrong? Is, tell me this. Do you think Steve Hayes is buying into this concept that it's more egregious for whites to hate colored people than it is for colored people to hate whites? Is that the supposition we're to understand here? Because I can tell you, folks, that's, that's pure, unadulterated crap. Hate is hate. Period. I don't care if you hate blacks or you hate Hispanics or you hate whites. It's hate. Or you hate Jews. Don't care. It's all hate and it has no place in America. And this idea that somehow whites hating other people is somehow the worst possible thing and nothing else nothing else compares to it screw that notion that's a it's a cop out nothing cowardly. trump says it will ever cowardly. be enough for certain people and that is something that a lot and of certain people will defend everything trump says no matter what and that's where we end the day hey remember everybody a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government but rather how much power is reserved for we the people grand day everyone see you tomorrow chris salcedo show here on the blaze You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.